if Marvel or whatever entity puts out either some kind of Funko or something that is Scott Lang's head in a jar, I'm getting one. I promise you, it will be on my desk. I ha- I have to have it. Okay, I know what to get you for your birthday now. <laughs> As I have been threatened with legal action if any more Loki merch enters my home, <laughs> I need to switch it. I need to switch it up a little bit. Welcome to the Marvelous Madams Podcast. We're your hosts, Madam Chris. And I'm Madam Amy. We are burdened with the glorious purpose of talking all things Marvel. Madams, assemble! So I went out to walk my dog this morning, only to discover a shit ton of cops outside because there were robberies on my street overnight. We're fine, which is great. Mm-hmm. But uh, there was some shooting involved because this is Texas. And my neighbors were like, oh, it's a good thing, you know, you weren't out walking a few hours earlier when this went down. And uh, kept it to myself. But in that moment, all I could think was, I'd go blam, 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 <laughs> blam. Before yesterday, I was actually partial to pum pum, pum pum. But now I will stick with Happy Hogan's Blam Blam. Blam Blam is more powerful. Pew Pew is more sci-fi. <laughs> That's true. Blam Blam is more like a 357 and Pew Pew is like a 22. <laughs> oh God, I know what guns are. I've been here for too long. They could stop. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to ask you what are those numbers. Oh God. <laughs> I'm I'm talking, I know what guns are. My husband said the word y'all again the other day. Oh, God. Get us out. (laughs) Soon enough. few more weeks. So, obviously, we are talking today about the latest episode of What If? Zombie Style. Yeah. This was a fun episode. It was. Did you ever imagine before this show that we'd see zombies, of all things, in the MCU? no but then there were a lot of things i didn't think were possible so who the fuck knows what's happening in the world yeah especially zombies that look this good zombies looking good is a bit of an oxymoron yeah yeah i really enjoyed the animation though and not just the like coloring and look of the zombies but i really liked the way they shaped their bodies and had them move Mm-hmm. This will make Amy's eye switch, everyone, but those of my ilk in particular are familiar with the movie uh, Crimson Peak. Really reminded me, <sighs> noted, really reminded me of uh, the ghosts in that movie, especially Wanda. See, here's the thing. When you're comparing zombies to ghosts, that means one of them has done something wrong. And clearly. Yes. What if did not do anything wrong with the animation and structure for the zombies? You are correct. Do you hear that, Guillermo del Toro? Go back to school and learn what ghosts are. Anyway, I digress. I wonder how many times I'm going to sigh this episode. (laughs) And, you know, there were real Shaun of the Dead vibes, too, in terms of the comedy. Okay. Amy doesn't know what I'm talking about because she's a big old scaredy cat. Yes, I am. I'm kind of shocked you were even willing to watch this cartoon. I'm not that bad, okay? 
I mean, it's not my favorite episode. You've never even seen Jaws. No, I haven't. It's going to take a lot for me to watch that. And any other scary movie you recommend. See, here's the thing. Let's make a deal. I keep making recommendations to you of actually good stuff, unlike you. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Wait, are you, wait, are you shitting on Jaws right now? No, no. Let me finish. Okay. And you never watch that. You just end up groaning when I recommend something that is good. And you end up recommending either shitty stuff or scary stuff, which I'm never going to watch. So let's make a deal. We will keep recommending to each other and wasting our breath and not watch each other's recommendations. <laughs> How's that? <laughs> <laughs> I am amenable to these terms. <laughs> So, you know, like I said, the writing here is fantastic. This was a hilarious episode. And I really enjoyed this mix of characters that we've never seen together before. Yeah, when I was seeing the credits, when I was seeing the initial introduction and I was seeing the names coming in, I was like, oh, oh, yeah, interesting. How are all, hmm. how are all these people fitting together? Yeah, it's a bit of a hodgepodge. Yeah. And I think the internal zombie logic here was solid. I don't know. For a half hour cartoon? I suppose, yeah. And also, if they lost all their powers once they became zombies, it would kind of not be that fun or dangerous. Yeah, so let's say that right off the bat. The one thing we first notice, we start at Infinity War with Bruce returning from space. Mm -hmm. And... We see right away in this initial attack that Zombie Tony, Zombie Strange, and Zombie Wong have all retained a certain amount of reasoning ability, especially Strange and Wong, who can still do magic. Yeah. And clearly Tony also knows how to use his suit. Right. And I like this because it's a different take from the mindless type of zombie, you know? Yeah. But they were still kind of mindless. They were focused, narrow-minded, you know, mm -hmm. with a goal. Right. And they used whatever abilities they had to get what they wanted. Right. And what Which they is want brains. is brains and flesh. <laughs> That's yeah. the one constant. Zombies must eat brains. Mm -hmm. And there's two people in this episode who really knocked it out of the park. And Mark Ruffalo is one of them. Yeah, and they seem to be very generous with the muscles with him in the in the series. <laughs> I wonder if that was a request on his part. <laughs> I was thinking, Bruce Banner, he's looking fine. Yeah, because he's always been a little self-conscious about that mocap suit. Uh-huh, yeah. And with him wearing a, a sleeveless shirt, I'm not quite sure what that thing was, what he was wearing. He was looking good. Oh, you know what that was? In Doctor Strange. Remember before Strange gets in his costume when he's just in training with all the other masters in training? Mm-hmm. That's the outfit. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know what it would qualify as. Would it be a shirt or... I'm not sure. That's why I didn't name it. Yeah, I have no idea. But yeah, I did realize that this was one of the outfits that people wear in the Sanctum Santorum. Yeah, it's like half wizard and half Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And speaking of wizards, we have an unexpected hero in this episode, and that is the Cloak of Levitation. 
Indeed. That was interesting. Good thing to know cloaks can't be zombified. Yes, it has quite the moral compass, too. Yep, and was willing to give up its loyalty to a strange. Yeah, and I liked getting thrown right into this melee. We really feel it with Bruce because Ruffalo does such a great job. This is disgusting. Oh, I'm yeah. definitely going to vomit. You can hear him <laughs> gagging. Yeah. Don't yeah. eat me. Don't eat me. <laughs> yeah, he did a good job. Yeah, and we should mention, just like in Infinity War, he cannot turn into the Hulk here. Yeah, in fact, they took that scene quite literally one for one. Mm-hmm. With the no coming out and then him going back in yeah so i'd feel the same as bruce in fact he's way braver than i am my husband knows at the first sign of a zombie apocalypse i am out define out i'm driving off a cliff i am so soft first sign of zombies i'm done okay <laughs> pups get in the car we're going on your road trip <laughs> murder suicide okay gotcha well, for one thing, I know I'm going to be safe because all these apocalypses tend to happen only in the United States. <laughs> and someone else we have to give major credit to in this episode is a guy I'd never heard of before yesterday, Hudson Thames, who is voicing Spider-Man. Yeah, he did a good job. Although I would say the animation looked nothing like Tom Holland. No. And, you know, I'm okay with that because as we've seen, not everybody looks like themselves depending on the universe. Mm -hmm. So I'm all right with it. He did such a great job. His voice was so close to Tom Holland in both tone and the energy he was giving off. Yeah, true. And as with most things that go awry in the Marvel Universe, this all started out of love, out of good. Yeah, interestingly, this time we actually see the Watcher speak it to us normally it's just we see uh, a vision of him in the background but this time we actually see him animated and interacting yeah so instead of janet van dyne being rescued from the quantum realm and and having just aged 30 years uh, things go a little differently here yeah so she's been infected by a quantum virus yeah you know could have done without this storyline Right about now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not my favorite episode. As much as I enjoyed this as a cartoon, I don't need to think about what other contagions might be lurking within the earth right now. Speaking of, have you heard that certain viruses and bacteria have been unfrozen thanks to global warming? Stop. Yep. Stop. Stop. Not going there. Mm -hmm. Stop. Yep. We're all fucked. Stop. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where's that cliff? <laughs> so this started in San Francisco and spread like wildfire. Sounds familiar. Yeah. And I don't know what exactly the Avengers thought they were going to do. Kick and punch and shoot like they always do, but that didn't work. No, not when you're taking on millions of zombies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A shield can't really do a whole lot. Well, a shield can protect, but they probably should have, instead of wearing their usual costume, should have gone in wearing hazmat suits. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, science. 
interesting that T'Challa took the place of Thor, because in this case, since we're starting Infinity War, Thor is adrift in space and Loki is dead, so they're out. Right, yeah. And once the Avengers are all infected, there goes the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. More like the country. And then the world. <laughs> so pretty much within a span of two weeks, the entire world is infected and there are a few factions of survivors. Yeah. And we have a great little montage meeting them all. I love the continuity here with the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Peter making a video, a very low budget, <laughs> Joss Whedon style video. Yeah, that works. And in our little short film here, we first meet Happy Hogan, <laughs> who is not single, but saving himself for Thor. Yeah. Can I get that t-shirt? Yeah. I need to know, though, is this Happy shirt like that he purchased for himself or have they been looting places and like this was the only clothing left that he could find? I don't know. I would like to believe it's Happy's t-shirt. Yes, I agree, because it would be nice to show that in this universe, Happy is a gay man. However, he'd be a delusional gay man. So, you know, six of one, <laughs> half a dozen of another. Hey, the world is ending. Who knows? Yeah, well, speaking of delusional, too, we see Happy skills listed as coffee. Check. Driving. Okay. Boxing? No. No, no. Let's take that off the list. See Iron Man 2, everyone. <laughs> Well, in the comics, Happy was a professional boxer. Yes. Does not translate to the MCU. He is most certainly not the ultimate fighting champion. <laughs> but this is, again, another universe. Yeah, I think Favreau did a great job, too. Yeah, and also in this universe, he never became head of security for Tony. That's why Driver. Smart move, Tony. Yeah. Excuse me. Uh, no, no, no. No, no. Personal chauffeur. <laughs> yeah bet your ass his password is still a password yeah yeah some things never change mm -hmm. and it took me a minute to remember who the hell kurt was yeah me too but once i did i'm like oh right kurt i love this guy i needed to google it well you know why i didn't realize it was him is because nothing against the actor i believe his name is david I'm probably mispronouncing this, but I believe his name is David Dalmatian. He was also in The Dark Knight as one of uh, Joker's little henchmen. They made him a lot better looking in the animation. <laughs> I think they made his hair less poofy. Yeah, he's a distinct looking human being. That's, <laughs> That's an interesting way to put it. <laughs> I'm trying to be kind because I like him. And it's not that he's bad looking. He's... Put it this way. He's like Cumberbatch. He's got an interesting face and you're not quite sure how you feel about it. Okay. I'm ambivalent either way, so it doesn't matter to me. Yeah, they made him much more generic looking. But then uh -huh. it came back to me. But yeah, he was really funny. I liked him. Yes, our resident weirdo. <laughs> and then we come to uh, Sergeant Bards. Yeah. You know, I think we need to take some tips from him. Even in the middle of an apocalypse, he knows how to keep his hair so beautifully luscious. Yeah, he is conditioning daily for sure. But mm -hmm. I was actually really pissed about that scene. Where the fuck was the Bucky shower scene on Falcon and the Winter Soldier? 
don't tease me like this, Marvel. This was just me. You're a terrible human being. He was so depressed in that show. Hey, he was happy by the end of it. They could have at least gone for a swim and he could have needed a shower, a nice steamy shower afterwards. You know, could happen. You need a cold shower. Go. (laughs) And then we have Sharon Carter, known as the Blonde Bond. (laughs) And I was like, well, I guess Daniel Craig doesn't exist in this alternate universe. I'm fine with that. (laughs) Yeah, I'm torn on that one. Mm -hmm. I love Sharon's skills at Spycraft First Aid and Eulogies. I'm sure the eulogies have come in handy. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in a time like this. Yeah. And then rounding out the bunch, we have the person who really takes the lead here, as she should, General Okoye. See, now in any universe, she's a fucking badass. She is. I love her. I love the Dora Milaje. That's all. I'm just going to say it. I love them. All of them. Any of them. Please. I will kneel. That's not all she'll do. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So using advanced Wakandan tech, she has detected a signal from another survivor that there could be progress on a cure or an antidote. Mm -hmm. And it is coming from Camp Lehigh. Yeah, in New Jersey. Just when you thought things can't get any worse, you gotta go to Jersey. See, now I think that was a bit uncalled for not that i've ever been to new jersey uh well speaking as someone from the armpit of new jersey i completely agree with happy sentiments that's a shitty day okay i've said it before but it bears repeating jersey is not a place you go to it is a place you go through (laughs) but at least you know since the world's going to hell they don't have to worry about tolls that you have to pay every five feet Yeah, and they kind of bypass all of that by going on a train. Yeah, still got to pay for the train. Normally. And even though we're in a zombie apocalypse, Happy is still driving. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he has to use his skill sets, right? And that's about all he's got left, since I don't think anybody's making coffee anywhere. (laughs) But yeah, but he does have Tony's hand shooter thing. He does. Yeah, he's figured that one out. Which is more than I could manage. (laughs) You wouldn't be able to put it on. It took me 10 minutes to open a PDF this morning. So yes, I'm not throwing stones about Happy's lack of tech savvy. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. I'm curious about that, but we will discuss about the PDF later. Actually, (laughs) you know what? I don't want to know. So we're in the ex-con van. We're coming up with a plan. And... I love the sound design, the way the zombies splat when they get hit by stuff or get blown up. It's great. (laughs) Yeah. And again, great character continuity here with Peter and his love of movies. Yeah, that's true. And I do love Okoye's line about them not needing horror movies because they've got American reality TV shows. I could not agree more. The Kardashians are far more terrifying than anything Sam Raimi has ever put on a screen. I'll take your word for it. I haven't seen anything about the Kardashians. But I do enjoy the fact that Okoye has a bit of a sense of humor this episode. She does, yeah. 
She got some sass. Yeah. <laughs> so to remain a little more inconspicuous from the zombies, they decide to try to take a train into Camp Lehigh. Well, before we cover the rest of the crew, I have to have my little, like, Thor the Dark World London moment and just point out, because if I don't, it will drive me crazy. There is no train leaving from Grand Central Station that will take you into Central New Jersey. Boondocks. Just saying. I'll let it go. Yeah, so I was a bit confused about that because... I mean, obviously, I don't know the geography and the train schedules and all of that, but I was wondering, why can't they just drive? Well, I was wondering the same thing, but you pointed out to me that they were trying to remain inconspicuous, which is why they went tiny in the van. Mm -hmm. And that they would have been more conspicuous driving in the big van all the way to Lehigh with all those zombies running around and that they figured they had a better shot underground. Probably. And also, if they drove in a tiny van all the way, it could take them days to reach. Yeah. So, okay, we'll let it go. It's a cartoon. There's a train that goes from Grand Central to Camp Lehigh. Okay, sure. And plus, also, you can't deny that in a zombie apocalypse, you would always want to show some of these iconic places empty and, you know, overrun by whatever the monster is yes it's fun so they split up we have sharon and happy off you know checking things out we have okoye and bucky at another spot again keeping watch and we've got hope peter bruce and our resident weirdo on the train yeah so the train isn't working and they need to devise a way to get it to work. They try a couple of things, nothing works, Still, eventually Peter gets off the train and basically tries to slingshot it. Right. So while those guys are figuring shit out, Happy and Sharon are not having a good time. Blam, 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 blam. I can't help it. (laughs) I can't stop. So... Hawkeye is hiding out in Grand Central Station for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. (laughs) And he shoots at these guys. Happy ends up getting taken in. Blam. Blam, blam. (laughs) That was wonderfully done. But it was. But unfortunately, blam, blam was not good enough. So Happy becomes a zombie and Sharon has a bit of a close call with zombie Happy and Hawkeye but manages to escape takes the hand thingy we shall just call it the thingy blaster blammer blammer (laughs) (laughs) and on the other side of the station we have Okoye and Bucky who are patrolling and suddenly Something starts flying. Yeah, that freaked me. That freaked me right the fuck out. (laughs) So Zombie Falcon is also hiding in Grand Central Station for some reason again. Uh Yeah, they could literally be anywhere in the world, but they just happen to be there. Okay, fine. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Okoye uses him as a mount and has this awesome 
aerial jump thing, which was absolutely fantastic, and manages to literally cut Falcon in half. Yeah, yeah. You know, I thought to myself in this moment, man, there is nothing more terrifying than a flying zombie. But then the writers were like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got fucking zombie Baba Yaga waiting for you. Give it a few minutes. (laughs) Yeah, but Okoye was absolutely fantastic. And then uh, Bucky has his own problem to deal with on the train. Yeah, so we get to see Zombie Cap. That looked great. That was done well, yes. Yeah, the reveals for him and Tony were very good. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Bucky manages to bisect Cap. Yeah, that was kind of awesome how his body just flies onto the track. (laughs) Yeah. I was not a fan of the line where Bucky said, I guess this is the end of the line. I mean, it was appropriate. It fit. It did. For what this episode was. Yeah. Yeah. It did. But I don't know. I think for Bucky, he seemed less tortured which I'm not used to. Well, that's the thing about a zombie apocalypse, man. You don't got time to be tortured. Well, that's true. Yeah. Nobody's got time for eulogies. Nobody's got time to, nobody sits around being sorry that Sharon gets exploded. You know, (laughs) got to do what you got to do. I'm coming to Sharon. (laughs) Don't worry. It's okay. Peter has hand sanitizer. That'll take care of it. Yeah. Actually, you know what? Speaking of all that, I'm a bit confused. So. We see Happy go into the darkness, get bitten, and he comes out, this gray, already decomposing zombie. And Sharon, again, immediately turns into a gray zombie. Whereas Mm -hmm. when Hope gets that cut, there's time for her to not be a zombie. I'm just wondering how did that happen? Right. So I thought about that, too. And what I was thinking is it's probably a matter of like degree of like huge bites and they're taking the flesh immediately. So it's turning them right away versus just like a tiny little bit of saliva maybe that just barely got into this tiny cut. So that's why it took longer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Kind of like exposure. Yeah. Okay. That works. So they're almost to Cambly High, but before they can actually get there, the train runs out of fuel. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they could have I, saved fuel if they just disconnected all the other parts. Yes, this is true. But then we wouldn't be able to have this great problem solved, which I really liked. Mm-hmm. So Hope knows that she's a goner and decides to sacrifice herself so that everybody can hopefully find a cure. Yeah. And she stomps on a whole bunch of zombies and gets them yeah. to safety. That freaked me out. So she's almost like King Kong here, carrying them in her hand as she's giant wasp. And man, I cringed seeing all those zombies just hanging off of her. Why? I don't know. Something about it just really freaked me out. The idea of having living things just like crawling all over you and trying to attack you. Oh, it was unsettling. Have you ever watched Fear Factor? No. God, no. This is a lot like that. I have never watched any reality television outside of the Great British Baking Show, which is a global treasure. Thank you very much. (laughs) 
yeah, this made me, this reminded me a lot of those fear factor stunts that they do with the roaches and the snakes. Wait a second. And the, what the fuck are you doing watching Fear Factor? If it's on in passing, I just see it. I'm not actually watching it. So once the gang is inside the camp, they can't help but notice that even though part of the fence is missing, the zombies are not breaching the borders. Yeah. Kurt obviously has the right answer. It's Baba Yaga. Yes. (laughs) And this is, again, great writing because in the moment, you know, we take it as a joke. We know Kurt and his Slavic folklore and witchery and whatnot. But it turns out this is great foreshadowing. Yeah, it is. And it's also kind of accurate. Yeah, absolutely. He's totally right. Yeah. And this goes to show the care that the writing team has taken with this show. Because how many people are going to remember Kurt? First of all, I even had trouble remembering. And secondly, you know, he's this minor character in one of the lesser known franchises. Nonetheless, they took the time and effort to do his character justice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they didn't have much time because later on he was the victim. He was probably one of the first victims of Baba Yoga. Yeah. And another great surprise here because I completely forgot that I saw Paul Bettany's name 20 minutes ago in the credits. Oh, yeah, me too. I never expected Vision. Yeah, so that was a surprise to see him. And they did a really good job with him. He looked really realistic. Yeah, and the logic is solid. This is a flesh-eating virus, so an android's not going to be affected. Yeah, makes sense. So Vision has discovered that the zombies are averse to the Mind Stone. Mm-hmm. And he is trying to come up with like a broad spectrum exposure cure. Yeah, but that is something that human technology is not yet capable of. Or is it? Wakanda has something else to say. Yeah, so Okoye says that they can figure it out in Wakanda since it, it is still a safe space because of the force field around it. Right, the only human sanctuary left. Mm-hmm. And Vision has proof that he has cured the virus, and that proof is Scott Lang, or at least part of him. Yeah, so when this happened, I got a bit confused. I was wondering, wait, am I watching Futurama? <laughs> so here's the thing. Paul Rudd had me cracking up so hard, as he always does. He is one of those people, all I have to do is look at him, and I laugh. Okay. And I so loved the comedy of it, and was just thinking about the jokes, that it literally didn't hit me till like an hour and a half ago when we were getting ready to record. I was like, wait a second. One... Where is the rest of his body? And two, how is he alive? (laughs) Yeah, they're using Futurama logic, basically. Yeah. I guess. I'm just wondering what happened to his body. Was it eaten by Wanda? Yeah, but I feel like he'd know if that happened. Would he while he was zombified? But then I guess Vision had the power to just bring his head and consciousness back? I don't know. Cut off the body and then bring him... consciousness back i don't know what i do know though is i would love to hear paul rudd's possible explanations for this 
just riffing on that for 10 minutes. I mean, I like Paul Rudd overall, but I was not a fan of the jokes here somehow. I mean, they were funny. They were dad jokes. I get that, but eh. Oh, I choked on my orange with don't cry, you'll fog up your jar. That was funny, yes. I made the mistake of eating during this episode. (laughs) (laughs) And I have to imagine that Paul Rudd was roasted by his children for this. So he said in an interview uh, a while back when he was originally cast as Ant-Man, his son was about 12 at the time. And he told him, hey, I'm going to be in a Marvel movie. I'm going to play Ant-Man. And his son just went, that's going to be stupid. (laughs) Well, now he's playing a head and jaw. (laughs) If Marvel or whatever entity puts out either some kind of Funko or something that is Scott Lang's head in a jar, I'm getting one. I promise you it will be on my desk. I I have to have it. Okay. I know what to get you for your birthday now. (laughs) As I have been threatened with legal action, if any more Loki merch enters my home, (laughs) I need to switch it. I need to switch it up a little bit. Uh Uh-huh. So Ant-Man is the way to go? (laughs) I'll take Lang in a jar. Absolutely. Uh Uh-huh. All right. Okay. PSA. Please, please never buy me Funkos. I do not want to go bankrupt. Yeah, so like we said, in order to broadcast the Mindstone frequency to the whole world and cure everybody, they can only do it from Wakanda. And I love this, that the Wakandans are set up as the saviors of the world, because white people only ever make things worse. Can't argue with that. Nope. But uh, something doesn't seem quite right inside of Vision's little lab here. Yeah, so we see some shadowy stuff moving around, and Uh... then we meet... T'Challa, who's missing a leg. Yeah, yeah, he's uh yeah, he's in rough shape. Yeah. I was not happy about that. No. No, and he's missing a leg because uh well girls gotta eat, you know? Yeah, yeah, she's a bit she's on a high protein diet. <laughs> and of course, we are speaking of zombie Wanda who Vision cannot bring himself to leave, who he purposely kidnapped T'Challa to feed. Yeah. Look, I know WandaVision was dark, but this is another level. (laughs) Yeah, at least Wanda didn't eat anybody in Westview. Yeah, that was mental torture. This is physical torture. Yeah. Not that one is better than the other, but still. At least... She wasn't aware of it, that she was torturing these people. Right. And as funny as this episode was, and as great as Ruffalo and Rudd in particular were, I got to give best line and best delivery of this episode to Paul Bettany. You have awakened her. (laughs) She hasn't eaten in days. Oh, fuck. (laughs) And then we see her floating in the air. She looked amazing. Yeah, and this was the part that really reminded me of Crimson Peak because of the red. (sighs) (laughs) And we see just like Strange and Wong, Wanda has retained her powers. Yes. So watch out. She's a man-eater. God damn it, Paul Rudd. 
my, that song that I do not even like has been stuck in my head for a full 36 hours. <laughs> well, that's what you get for him being stuck in a jaw. <laughs> it just makes me wonder if Daryl Hall and John Oates are sitting around somewhere yesterday thinking, huh, we're turning on Twitter. What happened? We didn't have a sex scandal. <laughs> Did one of us die? <laughs> so everyone is trying to escape and Vision has a bit of a change of heart and he buries the entire camp. Yeah, yeah, because Wanda's hungry and that appetite won't be uh, satisfied easily. She's she's basically like me at the Ponderosa when I was 10. <laughs> so he knows that he needs to atone for what he's done and chooses to remove the Mind Stone from himself and let the Wakandans do what needs to be done in order to save the world. Yeah, yeah. And in this reality, that's how he loses the Mind Stone, taking it out yeah. himself. Yeah, so once he falls, we see Wanda, even in that zombified state, mourning for him. <laughs> it's too soon. Yeah. And I must say, Bucky should have just run. He didn't need to shoot. She was distracted. Yeah, and I was also distracted by Wingardium Leviosa. <laughs> I absolutely squealed. Yeah, with the cloak. <laughs> that is nerd gold right there. Uh-huh. And the Hulk does come through in the end because we see Wanda trying to bite Bruce and just in time, the other guy comes out to stop the bite. Yeah. If nothing else, he knows self-preservation. So it's up to Spidey, Scott, and T'Challa to get to Wakanda to broadcast the Mind Stone. Yeah. And we get another great line here where Scott says, impending doom on our six, and Peter says, actually on our 12. And this is so very much like Tom Holland, just everything going over his head. So these guys take off and they end up having an encounter with Giant Wasp, but are able to escape. Yeah, close call. And head off to Wakanda. But, dun dun dun, who do we see there at the very end? Ready to snap his fingers. Yeah, we see Zombie Thanos. Yeah, so their efforts may be for naught. Mm-hmm. Regular Thanos was scary enough. Zombie Thanos, ugh. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't need to change color. Yeah, that's true. Just a bit, good you know, lighter. So a lot happened in this episode, but... Here's what I think is the moral of the story, everyone. And we assume if you're a loyal listener to this podcast, you feel the same way. If the Avengers can go through all of this to save the world from a virus, then everybody can just wear a fucking mask and get a fucking free shot of medicine. Yeah? Yeah? You know when the Watcher said that line that humans will go to any limits to try and save the planet? Uh-huh. I literally scoffed out loud and said, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's throw global warming in there, too. Uh-huh, exactly. I'm sure there were a lot of people who got bitten simply because they thought it was one giant prank and actually told zombies to bite them. Ha ha ha, ow. Come at me, zombie. <laughs> Guess your guns didn't save you, Texas. Ha ha. Well. 
all I'll say is that the Watcher clearly is not watching all the universes. He's clearly missing this one, at least. Yeah, yeah. Somebody's dropped the ball on Earth 616. That's for damn sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is why I'm saying Loki wants to come down and take over Earth. Go right ahead. He can't possibly do any worse. I feel like we have abdicated authority of this planet. We fucked it up enough. We need like global, like CPS, like child protective services to come and just take custody of the planet. We have had this discussion of dictator <laughs> versus free will. <laughs> Clearly, someone's hormones are influencing their decisions. I mean, to be fair, my hormones influence most of my decisions, so why should this be any different? <sighs> <laughs> Well, on that sigh, everyone, that about wraps up episode five for this week. And, you know, I take comfort that I would not be desirable right now if there was a zombie apocalypse because my brain is not edible right now. It's just mush. That'd be good for old zombies, you know, those who need dentures. <laughs> my brain is zombie cream of wheat. Yeah, you. Ow, I just <laughs> ate! <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> Alright, everyone. Thanks to all you madams for joining us today. I'm Madam Chris. And I'm Madam Amy. Join us next week for episode 6 of What If? I have no idea what the next episode's about. Well, if it's taking place in my house, we could call it What If the House Threw Up? Because that's what it looks like right about now. <laughs> We're gearing up. A few more weeks. In the meantime, if you want to share your thoughts on episode 5, find us on Twitter and Instagram at Marvel Madam. And check out our website, themarvelousmadams.com, where infinity stones are a girl's best friend. Intro, right. Are you okay? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. Who am I? I'm just a little scattered today. <laughs> Who am I? All I hear is Hugh Jackman in my head. And it's beautiful. <laughs>